Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film and television. So last week we were interrupted by the huge news of Warner Brothers, HBO Max, but we're back on schedule tonight with our regular programming with our What We're Watching episode. So a little rundown of what we've been watching since we've been covering Hannibal. Not much going on in theaters, but there's a lot of stuff on streaming that we've been catching up on and we haven't talked about in a while. So tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. All right. So what have we been watching? I know uh, I've been watching the Disney (laughs) (laughs) investor panel. Yeah. Dropping (laughs) a whole boatload of new content. Yeah. Movie news and trailers and everything. Yeah. It's a little much. I think I think they combined it with like the Hall H Comic Con panel experience and it's a little overwhelming. I think this is this was just for investors, so they want to like hype up the investors on like what's coming down the pipeline and get like people really jazzed about all the new content they have. It's it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of peacocking, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. we had last week with HBO, now it's this week with uh, Disney. I, I think it's everyone trying to just Showing the cards, right? Getting ready for 2021. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> With yeah. HBO and now Disney. I mean, I'm really looking forward to all the Marvel stuff. I'm a Star Wars fan and, and a Marvel fan, and I'm I'm excited for both. But, I mean, I'm really excited for a lot of the Marvel stuff that's coming in the next couple of years. The Marvel stuff looks great. Like, all of it looks really good. You have, like, the animated What If, the Loki miniseries... Uh, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, it all looks really good. Loki especially looks really good. Yeah, that looks um, like it's going to be so much fun. Like a crime caper, right? Set in, yeah. I, I feel like I might be the least uh, high on the Falcon and Winter Soldier one. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of that one than the others. And then WandaVision mm. a total toss-up. Like, I would like it to be good. It looks weird and interesting, but who knows what they're really going to do with it. But a lot of, like, other announcements, too. Like, they announced the Fantastic Four movie with John Watts from yes. Spider-Man coming to direct. Yeah. Uh, the Miss Marvel. I mean, before we get too far away from Fantastic Four, like, the Fantastic Four is, like, the movie that I've been wanting Marvel to do for so long. <laughs> so... To, like, finally get their hands and able to, like, I don't want to say do it right. You know, that's really harsh on some of the other creators. But I haven't been satisfied with all the kind no, of fantastic No, I think, I think do it right is, I think do it right is correct. Because correct. all the ones have been such trash. I'm hopeful that Marvel can quote unquote do it right. And I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for this. Some people are hating on the John Watts director. Really? Uh, I mean, he's, yeah. he's he's taken Spider-Man and like people are like, know, oh, well, he's not like a, he, they say he's like such a vanilla director and like there's no like style or substance to him. I I disagree. I think the two Spider-Man movies have been really really good. I'm excited to see what he does with the property. Yeah, absolutely. This is not part of the investors talk, but speaking of Spider-Man like just the news this last week of all the castings and all the things that are happening with that movie, mm. the next one, I'm just like, 
it needs to come like now, right? <laughs> it needs uh, to happen with, with like Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield returning, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, and then returning. Jamie Foxx already being like cast, you know, as Electro. I mean, the fact that Charlie Cox is rumored to potentially have a role in it, right? Bringing back Daredevil, yeah. All that culminating to potentially, you know, this is going to be a Spider-Verse movie, like a live action Spider-Verse movie. That'd be really another level for me for when it comes to like Spider-Man movies. I doubt it's going to be anything more than like glorified cameos, though. I feel like they're only going to get a couple minutes screen time. Yeah, I don't I don't think they would let everyone like all the old actors come back and just like upstage Tom Holland like that in his own movie. I think it's going to be like a glorified cameo, I think. Which is still cool. I'm still really excited about it, but like, I don't think it's going to be as involved as people are imagining or hoping. Yeah. yeah. Is this is this like a Spider Verse thing, or it's just new continuity versions of these characters? I think it's like Doctor Strange related and multiverse related. Yeah, because yeah, they, it says it ties okay, so it's, into yeah, so it's... Tech, ties into Doctor Strange and his next movie, right? And yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange is also supposed to be in the, in this next Spider Man movie, so it's it's. Yeah. I think it. I definitely. I think it is a, a Spider Verse thing. This Disney stuff clearly worked because their their stock went through the roof after after their investor presentation. And and full disclosure, I made a shitload of money. But <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, nice. I think I made I'm a shitload of money too. I'm a I'm a corporate shill through and through. So nice, good job. Uh, I didn't even realize to check my stock. <laughs> I didn't buy the dip. With the COVID, though, when, when I it did. crashed. When, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I bought a little bit before that, so didn't make as much money as I wanted to. But yeah, clearly it worked. Lots it of did. excitement. People are, people are pumped about their new slate. And then Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, not even just talking about Marvel. Yeah, all the Star Wars stuff. I mean, they're really expanding this Mandalorian universe. Uh, there's, yeah. there's talks about expanding Gina Carano's character into potential spinoff, right? Oh, then, I hope not. That, that's, that's, a yikes. <laughs> that's a big yikes. But. That's a big yikes. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, the Rogue Squadron stuff, and the Andor series. Dude, the biggest news, Hayden Christensen coming back. Coming yes. back. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Good for him. Redemption for him. Come Give on. that man some work. <laughs> I think people are ridiculous for this kind of stuff because like everyone's like oh shit he's coming back that's so awesome but like you don't remember like when the prequels came out everyone shat on him they hated him but he's a good actor so like i don't know i I think maybe george lucas's direction had something to do with his stiffness but like i don't know i feel like i don't know there's there's new the new potential here so i'm i'm excited that he's coming back I, i i like him and then ahsoka tano right Ahsoka Tano. Series, getting her own series. So, like, yeah, this this whole live-action universe is definitely expanding, and it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I guess, speaking of Star Wars and The Mandalorian, right? Me and you, Jeff, have been watching yeah. the latest season of Mandalorian. I haven't I haven't seen the latest episode, but I have caught up up until the last one. Yeah, I'm, I'm caught up. I'm fully caught up. Amir, you haven't seen this season yet, right? No, I heard that uh, the last couple episodes really pretty amazing so i jumped in and did see uh the jedi that episode oh okay because like i don't think you need to really be following along episode to episode to like get it like i get not really not really he's got a fucking baby yoda he's on the run some shit happens every episode like i got it cool i don't feel like i missed out at all great this is the jedi one cool 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the episode before that was pretty cool, too, with Bo-Katan. It sounds like it was, because I saw the, uh, the, you know, the preview. I was like, oh, shit, you need to go back and watch that one, too. Yeah, yeah, the, the Bo-Katan was nice. I think the last, well, I don't want to call it the second half, but, like, I, I would say the first couple episodes were a little bit rough. I did like the first episode of this season, but then the, the subsequent episodes after that were not my favorite, I think, of the season, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, once it kind of gets to the Bo-Katan and then... The Ahsoka Tano, like, it's kind of hitting on high cylinders right now. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with, like, the Dave Filoni shows. I think a lot of his animated stuff, and The Mandalorian included, it's, like, a lot of filler episodes. And then sprinkled in, you have, like, these huge reveals of mythology-altering plots or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of, you kind of get whiplash, right? It's a lot of stuff that's, like, really inconsequential, but then, like, all of a sudden there's, like, a huge development that, like, affects the entire Star Wars universe or something like that. It's it's a little insane sometimes. But but I, I, do, I do like Dave Filoni. I think he does a good job of creating Star Wars uh, narratives, you know? Also, I'm a little annoyed about, like, how they retcon, like, how some of these characters are because, like, Boba Fett's in, like, the last two episodes and, like... He was kind of a dick in the original trilogy, right? He didn't have, like, that much to do, and he was hired by Vader to be a mercenary asshole, right? And now he's, like, this honor-bound hero next to Din Djarin, right? It's it's a little retroactive continuity, don't you think? I don't know, man. Surviving a Sarlacc pit just changes a person. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. No, but I totally understand what you're saying, like, right? And, like, he's – essentially, he was just kind of this iconic, cool-looking villain, right, from the original yeah. trilogy to then – now it's, like, he's a hero or he's at least honorable. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I understand. Like, there is this gap maybe filled in by a, another Disney Plus series eventually. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When they first announced The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, it's a show about bounty hunting. It's like, it's going to be like dark and seedy. There's going to be like a lot of moral gray areas. And it's not that at all. So Nothing like, like that at all. Yeah. So that's my one of my disappointments. But like, I've gotten over it. I just uh, accepted that that's never what it's going to be. So like, it's fine. I mean, it's it's fun and it's it's light and I watch it every Friday. It's It's fun. And I'm just going to say, it's, I don't know, it's not like appointment viewing to me. Like, obviously, because I'm behind on it, right? So I obviously haven't felt that compelled to watch it every week. I just, I don't know, it's just something about it doesn't fully hit for me. And I don't know what it is. I'm not going to argue against that. I mean, I mean, like, I didn't really like the first season all too much. I'm just too much of a Star Wars fan to, like, give it up. <laughs> so like right, i just like up. kept going and i i will say that i think this season is paced a lot better like each episode is paced a little bit better compared to the first season i think that thing you were describing about dave filoni's like series like i feel mm-hmm. like it's not as present this season because i i feel like the last couple of episodes like every episode we've kind of gotten this big kind of sh- not shift but at least piece that moves the story along so i think yeah. like as an arc this season it's better paced but also, like yeah. I said, each episode I feel like is better paced than the last the last season. So yeah. I, I think overall it is a better show. But I don't blame you for not being completely pulled into it. Yeah, I think in general it's just a little disposable to me. I, I completely agree with both of you guys. Oh, like you get Ahsoka Tano back. You get Boba Fett back. You have like Moff Gideon with a Darksaber and all that stuff. And it's cool. But in the end you're still 
Mandalorian with a baby Yoda and you're like you're going to rescue baby Yoda or like you're doing something with baby Yoda, right? You don't have like the stuff like from the Clone Wars where it's like Ahsoka Tano versus Darth Maul or whatever, you know? Huge like mythology shattering like lightsaber duel. You don't have stuff mm-hmm. like that just yet. So I think he's going to build up towards it, but right now it's just a little disposable to me. And it's it's fine. It's It's just what it is. Every Friday... We watch it and that's it. We talk yeah. about it for a little bit and get to the next Move episode, on. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page, right? I, th- I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we are. What about you, Amir? What have you been watching? Uh, I caught up on The Boys, actually. This is another show where, a little like The Mandalorian, where at first, like halfway through season one, I was just like, this is kind of just okay. Like, I wasn't, like, super psyched about it, mm. and uh, I didn't immediately jump onto season two. But I heard so many good things about season two, just here and there. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's worth checking out. And uh, I'm actually glad I went back to it. I went yeah, back season and two is through. a lot a lot better, isn't it? It's a I, lot I better. Do enjoy, yeah. Powered through season one, I was like, wow, that was actually pretty good. And then uh, season two was all really, really solid. Um, I gotta say, it's, um, it's different from the comics in a way that I think works in 2020. Mm. Like, the comics were a little, just a little too, like, edgelordy in a way that just I was just gonna say edgelord. Yeah, and they just, like, they, they, they nicely kind of, like, cut that out or steer around it in a way that I think really works. Um, Dulled those sharp edges. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh... Uh, it's a really fun take on superheroes. Um, just a really good comic book show. I don't know. I, I like yeah. it quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think The Boys is definitely worth watching. I don't know. You guys both I saw think the it, performances right? are great. I think Anthony Starr is great as Homelander. Dude, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's, he's such a so creepy good. and incredibly strange, weird guy. And they do like... Yeah. yeah he does such great work as Homelander. Um, and it's such a weird, strange character. Like, his weird fetishes and his weird, like, yeah, it's just all, you know, it's all very odd. Yeah, the whole thing's just really, really good. Yeah. Definitely, definitely worth a watch if you're into the superhero thing. It's a nice little deconstruction that's not too, like, Lots extraordinary. of, lots of gore, lots of violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's some neo-Nazi stuff going on. It's, it's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. I thought I Cash was great as, uh, what's her face? Stormfront. Stormfront? Yeah, she's a great, she's yeah, she's too. great as Stormfront. My only problem oh, this is some mad racist. We were gonna have to actually cut this. But <laughs> <laughs> she she doesn't look like a Nazi. She looks Jewish to me. That's true. Like, well, I mean, look because the, the actress is Jewish, right? Yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah. But she doesn't look like a fucking you know Nazi. I don't know. Like I just look at her. and I'm just like it just sticks out to me. I'm just like you look. More like the victim of the character you're playing than the character you're playing. I don't know. I just <laughs> but did they. But didn't they hang a lampshade on that? Because wasn't she like blonde in those like old newspaper yeah, and those, clippings like, or whatever? And then now, yeah, 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 now yeah. she like, like changed her appearance or whatever. Or whatever so. They changed her appearance in order to like, so, just so, so, so they hung they hung a lampshade. Yeah, on that, yeah, so it's not for like, sure. Yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah, she just doesn't look, you know. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, she's great. She's a very compelling, fun character. Evil neo-Nazi supervillain. Uh, so, okay, so let me ask you: Were you mad that they changed it to one episode a week instead of like dropping it all at once? Was no. it the first season like that? No, it wasn't. It was all at once. Really? Yeah, people review bombed the second season. Everyone was like giving it one star. Like, I think it was smart. 
I think that's smart. Yeah, like you keep I think it's smart too. going every week, and people are excited to see it every week. Exactly. As opposed to like, drop it all. It's like, oh, the boys is back for like a weekend, and then everyone moves yeah, on to the next thing. Yeah, and then how, how long weekend. does that discussion last, right? Like one day, yeah. and then it's over. Right. But, like, and then like people were talking about this for like twelve weeks. So yeah, and then and then you, there's always going to be people trickling in later on, like I did, frankly. Yeah, where you catch yeah, up yeah, yeah. on it, and you're like, oh wow, like at least the buzz is still going. Whereas like, yeah. Yeah, if it was just one week, like it may not have even ever caught my attention. So yeah, I'm glad they did that. I think that was really smart. Yeah, I think I think at first I was like, oh, I'm a little bummed that I can't watch all of it at once. But like, I quickly learned to appreciate the the longer schedule of of releasing these episodes. So honestly, I think we got to get used to it because I think a lot of these streaming services don't have the content, unlike Netflix, I guess, to be able to drop everything at once, like. Yeah, you know, if they all just dropped every season all at once, it's just like you'd watch it for a weekend and then you wouldn't have anything to watch. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to r- ration their content a little bit. Yeah, especially you know like Disney Plus, HBO Max, all those kind of. I think I think we're gonna see it a lot more moving forward. So just people, you know, get over it. <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> like, yeah, get used to it. I think what Amazon does is they they release like three episodes at once, and then the rest of the season is like one episode a week. Yeah, they they give you like a little like binge weekend of like three hours four hours yeah 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 so like speaking of amazon prime like the the new season of the expanse is going to be like that too three episode premiere and then one episode a week uh for like the rest of the the season so yeah it's smart i got to watch nine episodes of the new season so i'm pretty happy about that i got what's what season is it on right now five five wow okay the Expanse is great. I think it's one of the best shows on TV. Not just like sci-fi, but like just TV. Period. It's it's so good. Have you have you been watching, Derek? You know, I've never seen it. I was actually going to have you give me like a quick breakdown of what it is. Okay, Amir, you've seen it, right? Are you caught up? Yeah, yeah. I'm not all caught up, but I have seen it. I'm on like okay. So I think I'm I think I'm like a season um, behind or something. A season behind. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be crude, but it's it's Game of Thrones in space, basically. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I would never have thought that. I would never never put it that way. That's funny. Huh. I mean, like if you think about it, it's it's kind of crude comparison, but like it's not inaccurate, right? Like both are like these big giant genre epics sprung from like a popular series of books. There's like multi-faction political intrigue there's like so many different characters that you got to keep track of and there's like Whoa. a lot of violence so like it's it's kind of like that okay and, and, and kind of like game of thrones it's not like exactly nice to people who don't read the books because like yeah that first season true. is a little hard to get into because it takes so much time to like lay its foundation of building all those uh mythology elements like between the belt and the earth and mars yeah there's a lot of world building there so many characters okay and a lot of plot points don't even like intersect until like maybe even like the second season you know so but it's it's good so it'd be a little maybe a little more explicit it's like a near future like sci-fi story where humans like colonize all of our solar system and so there's like space stations uh throughout the solar system uh, and earth and mars are like i guess the big major powers that are i guess kind of i don't know going to war or on the verge of going to war or whatever and uh the show is kind of about uh i don't know a conspiracy i suppose that's going on underneath all of this and uh it's uh it's, it's really good it's interesting and it's cool because it's kind of it sounds weird to say realistic but it's sort of an it's sort of a near-term science fiction so it's supposed to be the next i don't know a couple hundred years where 
you can extrapolate based on technology we have today as to what these ships are like and how they work. It's not like a Star Trek or Star Wars where the kind of the technology is kind of the kind of way yeah. and it's kind of magical. Like the, this show is supposed to be like okay, like this is how the you know, this is how the ship would work, and it's aligned in a certain way, and gravity works a certain way, and they, they take into account all these sort of realistic limitations, which makes it kind of a fun... Yeah, they spend a lot of time making sure, like, the physics and stuff are accurate, and, like, it's uh, it's very detailed. A lot of world building and, and stuff like that. So, it's a lot of, like, interplanetary politics. So, like, there's Earth, there's Mars, and then there's, like, the working class belt, who are, like, just, like, people working to mine the asteroids, and, and they're, like, their own language and it's interesting it's really cool there's a lot of like political maneuvering and and things like that it's 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 very very good cool how do you like the season you saw i think way better than i think not way better than last season because last season was pretty good too but like i think it's the best it's ever been this season's really really, really good wow yeah okay that's strong all right well yeah. now maybe time to hop in there yeah, yeah maybe. i think i think last season they spent a lot of time on like one of the alien planets and those more like exploratory and a little slower. And then this season they're back into like the political intrigue and stuff. And, and uh, it's, it's really good, really passionate fan base. A lot of people love this show and for good reason. It's, it's one of so, the best. So why hasn't it like blown up in the way that like a Game of Thrones did? I don't know. I think part of it just has to, has to do with like it being on the sci-fi channel and then it was like canceled. I think being on HBO gives you a lot of clout because sci-fi has so many series like this where like it's just Wait, like, it's like on HBO or Am- Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. So it was on sci-fi for three seasons and then it was canceled and then Amazon Prime uh, rescued it from cancellation and they gave it three more seasons. So now we're on season five and partially because Jeff Bezos loves the show. <laughs> so he's I'll like, use my billions to save this show that I want to see continue. Yeah, he'll, he'll rescue a show, but he won't pay his workers. So. <laughs> but it's good. You should you should definitely check it out. It's it's all a right. little slow to go at first because you got to like get used to all the lingo and like all the different factions, all the different characters. But it's definitely worth investing your time into. I mean, it's it. like Game of Thrones, right? They throw you in there, and you just you just have to learn as you go. Yeah. This is not, like, the type of show where you can, like, put on the background and, like, you can do other things. You got to, like, pay attention and, and watch and, like, figure things out, you know? And that's great. And I, I was going to say, like, it just gets kind of stuck in, like, the sci-fi channel stuff because a lot of it is, like, pretty mediocre shows that, like, get a couple seasons and then it kind of tapers off. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of sitting in there. At first glance, it's not that different from those. So, like, you're like, oh, why should I watch this, too? So, I think it gets lost a little bit. So, that's why I don't think it's picked up as much of a fan base as Game of Thrones. But, um, I mean, at this point in the Game of Thrones lifespan, it's already started to, to like, stumble. But here, it's, like, as strong as ever. So, uh, here's hoping mm, that it right. sticks the yeah, landing. Get, yeah. It's good yeah, to hear. Is it supposed yeah. to end at, after six? It's supposed to end at six, but now they're saying maybe not. But maybe not. Who okay. knows? Really? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So another show, I think me and Jet, me and Jeff have finished, but Amir, you're somewhere in the middle of it. Um, is the very, very popular Netflix show, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I love this show. I really, really enjoyed watching the season. I think the thing I, mo- I enjoyed most is that you know I think this is the the arrival of Anna Taylor Joy. 
Mm. I mean, I think maybe people have recognized her, have seen her in works. Like we, of course, we've seen her in, in multiple things before this, but I think this has really kind of placed her at another level. Yeah, right? yeah when it I comes think so too. To, yeah, when it comes to her as an actress, as her, her as a star. Like, I I hope other people are going to be looking out for other things that she's been in. Right, The Witch or the M Night Shyamalan's is you know split glass split. thoroughbreds 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 really yeah. I mean that that's that's my favorite thing coming out of the the show, but that's not a dog on the show, right? Like I really did love the show. Like I love the chess playing, mm-hmm. I love the characters, I love the story. I, I think it's just it's a great series. And uh, Mariel Heller as the mom, yes. she's so good. I learned way too late that she was she's predominantly a director, right? Yeah, she directed uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the, yeah. the Mister Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. She's a great director, great, great filmmaker. Yeah. Um, she was great in this, too. I didn't know she was such a talented actress. She was really good. Um, Amir, how far are you into it? Yeah, I don't want to um, spoil a couple anything too No, much. no, no, don't worry about it. Because, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, just talk. Let's just talk about it. It's, it's totally yeah. okay. It's not, that's not going to ruin my experience of it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I will yeah, say that just... I think my least favorite thing about the series was probably the end. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a little too neat well here's the here's my thing with the show i think i think in general it's just a little too frictionless um Mm -hmm. you never really doubt that anya taylor joy's beth Harmon is gonna like fail like you don't think she's ever gonna fail she's never in danger of like failing or losing like she might lose a game here or there but like her rise to the top is assured yeah yeah her rise to the top is assured and like uh, her substance abuse is like she doesn't really like hit rock bottom with that either, and you get a little bit of like the magical black friend a little bit too. I'm not as high as other people on this show, but I definitely enjoyed it all a lot. There was definitely something enjoyable watching this show in like quarantine and like just binging it all the way through. And it's it's very easy to watch, and and that's not for nothing, right? <laughs> To play to that frictionless thing a little bit, I can't find the, the name of the article right now, but there's an interesting article out, out there, and, and the whole premise of the article is basically that Anya Taylor-Joy is too pretty to play Beth Harmon. <laughs> too pretty to play? Yes. Well, oh, so it's interesting. On. It's by somebody. Well, no, no, no. Go, uh, give the argument a little space. So it's someone who's read the okay. books, and I guess in the books, in the book, not the books, the single book that it's based on called Who's Game. Mm. So, um... The argument is that uh, Beth Harmon is described as, like, not good-looking in the book. And then, like, that kind of makes her, like, isolation and, like, kind of outcast nature in high school uh, a little more poignant. And it makes her – and it makes her also, like, a little more hungry for, like, validation mm. and just success in a way that Anya Taylor-Joy, you just don't buy as much. Like, that frictionlessness – I think part of that comes from the fact that she is so obviously clearly like amazing looking, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's an interesting argument. Um, That's like a very Hollywood thing, right? Like, yeah, are you really yeah, going to yeah, get someone who's ugly, quote unquote, to right. play someone yeah, like that? Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, okay, it's Sarah Miller, the New Yorker. So Sarah Miller in the New in the Yorker. New Yorker? The, yeah, Sarah Miller. It's the fatal flaw of the Queen's Gambit. So there's something for you to, mm. to choose. Interesting. I'll, I'll check that out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, another thing I want to point out is the show's, like, very gracious portrayal of its men, I think. I think that's very interesting. Where, like, I think a lot of shows like this or, like, movies like this, they'll have 
men are like, oh, how can a woman beat me in chess? Or Play chess, Look. yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. men here are very, very gracious. They lose and they're like bitter for a little bit, but then like they like team up and they like put their brains together and like it's very reaffirming, I think. And I think I think that's something that's that's interesting to see. And people are like, well, that never would happen. And like, that's not realistic. This is anti-feminist because she would actually run into these problems in like real life. But that's that's kind of like the escapist fantasy that the Queen's Gambit is, right? And I think that goes a long way in like the enjoyment, like seeing these men behave in ways that you would not think they would in like a series like this, right? And I I, I enjoyed that. I think I think that's cool. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess maybe because I'm not done with it yet, so I haven't seen all of it. But race is another uh-huh. place where the show doesn't fully seem to be like but yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about, I don't know, mixed race orphanages in the late 1950s, early 1960s, but, um, that whole sequence came off a little bit odd to me in the beginning. Yeah. And I don't know if that struck anyone else as anachronistic, but, you know, it just was little... Yeah. But, a uh, huge hit for Netflix. So many people watching it. Speaking of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> since... <laughs> wow. Okay. Nice transition. Transition. <laughs> since Anya Taylor-Joy was in... Split in glass. I watched something for the first time recently, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, which was a very interesting experience because the only reason I skipped it and never watched it was because people kept telling me how terrible it was. But it's fucking great. It's really, really good. Um, people are like, the plot twist is stupid, and like the whole thing is just dumb and ruined by the big twist in the end. But I didn't think so at all. I thought it was... A gorgeous movie. Roger Deakins, cinematographer for this. Mm-hmm. I thought the performances were great. Who's in it? Joaquin Phoenix. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Is it John yeah. Hurt? No. Am I uh, thinking? William Hurt. William, William Hurt. Hurt. Sorry, William Hurt. Yeah. No, I had a good cast. I remember watching it, you know, when it first came out. And I don't think I have, like, necessarily, like, ill-conceived, like, notions about it. But, like, at the same time, I don't think i've ever revisited and never had the urge to revisit it you should it's really good i don't think the twist is too ridiculous at all i think modern day twist endings have gotten way more ridiculous and this this is perfectly fine within uh m night Shyamalan's like renaissance i think you got like the sixth sense unbreakable signs and then the village um i think signs is probably the weakest because it's got like the Aliens with a water weakness and all that stuff. That's kind of stupid. But this was good. This was really good. I, I really, really liked it. Okay. I think after this is where his worst movies come into play, like Lady in the Water. I think that was right after this. You yeah. hated Lady in the Water, uh, dude, didn't you? I saw it in theaters, man. Oh, that was rough. That was what's, rough the one, really what's the one with Mark Wahlberg? The Happening. The Happening. Where the plants come alive and kill your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, he definitely did have a stint where he was, uh, he was on a downturn. <laughs> he he yeah. still isn't fully out of that, by the way. That's not like. He was like almost out of it and then like. Rusted guy prematurely. Yeah. He didn't fully ever climb out of that pit to me, but that's all right. Yeah. I really did like Split, but Glass yeah, was really Split. bad. Yeah. Glass Split, was yeah. really bad. I did not like Glass at all. Yeah, wasn't able to stick the landing on that trilogy. Yeah, Unbreakable and Split were really, really good, and just uh, stumbled on the landing there with with Glass. 
And it's just kind of hard to think about, like, now, like, as a whole series, it's just, like, uh, it's a little tarnished by that last movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah for very sure. Game of Thrones. Very Game of Thrones. It's the Game of Thrones effect now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of. that one. We have wow, to talk so. about Game of Thrones every episode. That's, yes, that's we do. We're going to have to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how bad its ending was. <laughs> so, speaking of something that I'm a, a couple years behind on watching, and I did watch, and it's, I guess, related to Game of Thrones because it's an actual good series on HBO, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is The Leftovers. Man. Oh, I, shit. I can't believe I slept on this thing for so long. I heard it was good, and I was just like, I don't know. The premise seems kind of like, eh. But once you get past the like that, and you realize, you know, it's it's like a love story, but it's also like a family drama. It's it's got those supernatural elements in a little bit, dude. It's my favorite show of all time. It's so yeah, good. it's really good. And and when Wait, you talk did about you finish it, yeah, I've seen all three seasons and. Each season is, like, in its own right, really good. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have a bad season. Yeah. I think I think the first one is actually the weakest, but it's still very, very good. And then, like, it sticks its landing. Like, the finale is just amazing. One of the best series finales of all time. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's, like, yeah. it's so good. And it's, like, one of those things where it's just, like, I didn't... It's so obvious, but I didn't realize it. And it, You know what I mean? Yeah. If you were really thinking about it, like... It just makes so much sense, and then, but you, your brain never really goes there. Yeah, and it makes so much sense, and it's it's such a good ending. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm very happy I got to watch it. So if you have the time and you're looking for a really good show, and you know that was made in the last, you know, I don't know, I think it's like five years old now, but made in the last five years, ten years, it's it's one of the best. Yeah, Damon Lindelof show. So yep, going back to our Watchmen roots. Yep, but. I mean, just to give a little background, it's about, I mean, it's not really about this thing, but like, it's, it takes place in a world where 2% of the world's population just disappears, they vanish, and really it's just about people dealing with the departure, which is what they call it on the show, and, and it's fantastic. Um, Justin Thoreau is incredible on this show, Carrie Coon, Mm -hmm. probably the best actress on this show. And like she's she's just a force of nature on the show, and and she's she's incredible in this. She's so good. Yeah, Christopher Eccleston is the, the yeah, brother. It's really good. Christopher it's Eccleston. a great great cast. And this is the opposite of Game of Thrones because it it's it sticks its landing so hard. Like you people won't even still know talk about you. <laughs> people still talk about it. Best series finale of probably all time. Like really Hall of Fame ending there. Um, really sticks the landing. Yeah. Amir, you've never seen it, right? No, I've never seen it. I haven't seen a single episode. Just been talking about it for years. Uh, now I'm talking about it. So may- maybe, you, maybe you need to try to, maybe if you have the time, do the dive. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a good show. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. It's like one of those shows where I'm like, I think I might have to rewatch this. Sometime in my life, I might have to do a rewatch. You can't really explain the show to people. Because like, there's so much different shit that goes on in yeah. it. And it's, it's... yeah. Because each season feels like it it's transition, yeah. it changes the show itself almost. Yeah, right. It's about the same characters, but then each season feels vastly different or drastically different from last season. Yeah, and it, but it still all connects and all still works really well. And it's like it's this. I don't even understand how it 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 worked. You know, when you think about it, when you like say it out loud like that, but it does. Yeah, it's a great show, amazing show. Regina King's on it too. 
from Watchmen. She's she's had a killer couple of years. Well, that's um, like that's where that relationship started, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think I've read an interview or watched like an interview with Regina King's, you know, how she didn't want to do Watchmen at first because she didn't want to work mm. with Lindelof again because they already did the leftovers and it was just like already so amazing and it was just like mm. but then of course you know the character of Angela was just too good to pass up so she did of course do Watchmen which I'm I'm very grateful that she, she yeah. did that role she she did Watchmen and then before that she won an Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk and now she's she's in the running for Best Director yeah for uh, One Night in Miami which I saw at Toronto Film Festival. That's supposed to hit, I think, Prime in like January, Christmas, Christmas. Oh, Day, Christmas! I think. Oh, okay. Is it Christmas? I, have, I have two movies to watch on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Limited no. release on Christmas, and then oh, Prime. Yeah, Prime is January fifteenth. Like okay. This okay. was really good, by the way. I really enjoyed One Night in Miami. If you guys uh, get the chance to see it, Regina King, great filmmaker. She's she's killing it. This this was this was great. So, um, if you guys don't know what that's about, it's about. Uh, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Semi-fictional meeting um, after Muhammad Ali beats uh, Sonny Liston in 64. They get together, they talk about... It's based off a stage play, so it's like a very intimate little uh, film. And it's it's just great. They talk about their careers and like about being black in America. And and it's 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 great. It's really, really good. Probably going on my top ten list this year, so... I don't even know if yeah. I can make a top ten list this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I usually do. So it's hard. It's hard for me this year to do that. Um, me and Jeff have mentioned things that I guess we we skipped out on the first time. Uh, Amir, I hear you also have something that you watched recently that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is a Jeff Zhang recommendation. People <laughs> trashed it, and uh, I went and saw it. And I can say everybody else is wrong. Jeff is right. This movie is good. I saw Speed Racer for the first time recently. So good. The 2008 yes. Wachowski movie. It's Speed Racer looks ass. It's so good. I don't it's know so why good. people. I, okay, I, it's unfair to say I don't know why people hate it. I get exactly why people hated it. It's very stylized. It's very like I don't know if camp is the right word, but it's it's. I would it, say it's, it's camp. It's simple. It's. Um, almost kitty in a way. Like, I could totally see how you could watch this and go, ugh, like, what am I watching? This is goofy. This is childish. Yeah, this people is are like, this is too stylized. It's a cartoon. But, like, like, that's the point. It knows exactly what it's doing, and it mm-hmm. does exactly what it sets out to do. And what else do you want from a movie, right? Like, that's. I feel, that's, like, they swing, I feel like they swing for the fences and it connects. And, like, yeah, yeah at, fir- at first, the cartoonishness of, like, the graphics, I was a little thrown, but, like, I don't know. I love the design of the racetracks. Like, those are awesome. Um, yeah. Just everything about, like, the visuals. It's just, it's very, it's a very pretty movie. Um, yeah, very, ca- very the, pretty. The casting is dead on. Everybody's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I actually really, really, lo- I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it's like not, a, it's like not a fight to get through. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, yeah. Moves really fast. It's uh, it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I uh, if you're a if you're trying to become a Wachowski completionist, definitely put that on your list. It's uh, it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent worth it. Um, It's like not even one of their like iffy ones. Like it's not like I don't know like Jupiter Ascending. Like this is clearly in like 
the ranks of their of their, of their best stuff. I think it partially suffers from, if I remember this right, it, it partially kind of suffers, I think, because of it. It was the movie they did after The Matrix, right? Like all that Matrix stuff was done. I mm. think that's when they did that movie. And it was like clearly not The Matrix, right? It was clearly not that style. Well, I think people were like very cold on Revolutions too. So like that too, yeah. combined with that, they're like, well, what are they really doing? And then it's like a Speed Racer movie. and But it's it's great. Look, listen, this movie is ahead of its time, right? I feel like if it came out today, it would definitely have a different reaction I don't think people would like call it like a masterpiece like I do, but like I think it would have I I do think it would have a more positive reception, I think. Yeah. Um especially cuz this was before or like right when like the superhero movies were coming out, right? And like Right, this is this is the the dark knight, right? Like it's just yeah, right? yeah. so but yeah, this this movie's great and my boy Matthew Fox getting some work <laughs> as uh Yeah, there you go. As Rex Racer. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's really... I was really impressed with this movie, actually. Fucking um, ninjas I, in this? Yeah! I was, just, I, was so cool. pleas- I was so pleasantly surprised to see that. It was so cool. Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, just a, lot, a ton of fun, man. It was, you know... It's very unapologetic of what it is, and I, that's why I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm convinced on the village, but... Um, yeah. Speed Racer definitely a convert. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Is, I think. Uh, definitely I think a real. You got to be a real pants pooper to not like anything about this movie. Yeah, it's just really, really fun and bright and fast. And just, just yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Those those visuals are something else. They're just they're just incredible. Yeah. yeah. So like the unreality of it is the point, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're not in it, I guess if you're not into that, don't watch it. You want like a I don't know an F one documentary or something, but like if you want a fun movie, it's totally worth watching. Yeah. Uh, probably the last thing I'd probably want to bring up is I watched the new Saved by the Bell revival. <laughs> I didn't even consider watching. Okay, tell us. Okay, I let's preface it this with I am a huge Saved by the Bell fan. Like I loved it as a kid. So, like, I, I mean, I, I watched the whole series. I watched those college years. I watched, I even watched the junior wow. high years, which was like the Good Morning Miss Bliss show right before it was rebranded as Saved by the Bell. Wow. Like, I was, I'm a like Saved by the Bell stan. So, like, this <laughs> was definitely things about, learning things about you that I don't know if yeah. I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> so this is like, this was, this show was made for me. I feel like, <laughs> um, but I love it. Yeah, right? but I've heard, I've heard good things about it. I, I hear people really like it, and it's good. A bit, to try to separate myself from that, I think mm. I seriously do think this is a it's it's a really good show, right? It it captures, I think, what was great about the original series, right? In in trying to bring some of those elements in without completely rehashing what was you know Saved by the Bell in the nineties, right? It's really trying to adapt to what this show might be in two thousand twenty. Is this a new cast? It's a new cast, right? It's well, it's, like- I mean, it brings back the old cast, right? But now they're parents, right? Now they're older. Um, mm. Two two of the cast members, you know, Slater and Jesse, work at this this high school, or they work at Bayside, and but mm. then you know, um, both Kelly and Zach are still on the show in some of the episodes. But it really does revolve around a whole new cast of high school students. 
And like, I do commend it, right? It's a very diverse show, right? There's different ethnic backgrounds, but also like one of the main characters is transgender. Like it's a point of the show to mention that she is transgender. But the the great thing about the show is that it it never goes to that territory of like, oh, are people scared of it or people weird? Oh, like really pointing out like that someone is trans on the show. Yeah. like, Like, like really like. Making a point where, like, oh, look, we have a trans person on this show. Wait, like, is, is it done obnoxiously? Yeah, it's a very matter of fact. Like, everyone just accepts this person as it is. It's it's really refreshing to see, like, a show where it's, like... That's interesting. It's a main component of the character, but it's it's never really brought up as a a sticking point, right? Mm. It, and it's it's... Honestly, like, that's really refreshing. But also just, like, the, like I said, the diverse cast... I, I think it's a great show. One question: Where's Where's my man Screech? <laughs> um, I, they I, do. Guess, I guess he shouldn't have done all those pornos in the nineties. Huh? The funny thing uh, is, they mention they do mention his character where he's at. Oh, they at, do. Okay. But like, it's just a one liner, and like that's it, right? And so it's it's pretty funny. So is it still a a sitcom or is it like a dramedy? Is it no, like a it's laugh it's track. It's it's a sitcom. Like the first episode has like a laugh track. It has there's very much like the the high school schemes and all those kind of like part of the show, like the things that you take back oh. from the original Saved by the Bell. Like it, it like I said, it's a really good mingle of what Saved by the Bell used to be without trying to rehash it and make it. But the, I guess they're trying to really adapt it to what to that you know this day and age, which I really mm. I I really enjoy about the show. There's no there's no Mister Belding on this show. Oh, I was just gonna say. So the the ones I guess the one spoiler is that I, that's the one cameo I was disappointed that we didn't get to see is that Mr. Belding doesn't show up in this season. Hopefully uh, he will in the next season, but that's like the one cameo I wish that we got to see, but we didn't get to see so in like, this season. Is there a reason? Because like Dustin Diamond, obviously there's like reasons that they wouldn't invite it, but like I don't know is is there a reason for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know not, if not calling up Dennis Haskins. Yeah, why didn't they, why didn't they attempt to? Because the 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 one like deep cut that i don't know if even most people realize like one of the teachers there in the show is still is a teacher from the original show and like i don't know I, I don't realize oh, wow. if people realize that oh wow so it's like there's really deep cuts in this show which i really enjoyed so yeah it's kind of weird that they didn't bring back his character for at least like a cameo mm. is lisa marie turtle there too they do have her as a cameo in one episode a cameo okay. yeah, yeah. Nice. she's not a main character but she is a cameo in one of the episodes. Yeah, I was never like a big Saved by the Bell person, but I always remember the big episode with Elizabeth Berkley and the pills. <laughs> they make fun of that a lot, <laughs> or a couple do times. They? In the oh, series. That's funny. Yeah, that yeah was they such do a, make fun. Of dramatic, <laughs> quote unquote, very special episode. I remember. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a one bit where like someone's holding a bottle of pills and she just like smacks it out of their hand and she's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, and there's other bits uh, involved around that episode too. But it's it's a pretty f- like the the nods to the original show hit like for me hit really well. Mm. They they're just sprinkled in like occasionally in every episode. Like maybe episode my, every episode might have like one or two references to the old show, and they're they're just kind of sprinkled in and they're they they hit. I think they're if you watch the original show, I think those moments are very very funny. Yeah, sorry. You could you could tell I I love this show. <laughs> yeah, wow. But a lot of other people do too. It's not like 
you're the only one, Derek. A lot of people, it's been getting good reviews, so. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's not like it's a bad show that, yeah, that you're, like, pumped up. Enjoying, ironically, or whatever. Right, no, it's, like, a good show that you're the target audience for. Yeah. Yeah. The one element I would say that doesn't seem to work is the Zach Morris stand-in for this series. Because so Zach and Kelly, if oh uh, like the he, an, the Zach Morris, the young the Zach Morris like analog new, or whatever, yeah, yeah, because because you know they do get married, Zach and Kelly, and they have a kid, and he's in this he's in this series, and he's basically the Zach Morris stand-in, right? Uh, his okay, name is okay. Mac, right? His name is Mac Morris, so it's like it even rhymes with his dad's name. So, <laughs> but like Perfect. it's the one element that doesn't seem to work, and I don't know if it's I can't tell if it's on purpose. Mm. Because he is so much like that character, like the Zach, he's he's so much trying to be like the Zach Morris character that it feels so out of place that it almost feels purposeful at that point. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever watch it, you can tell me. But like, I, I don't know if it doesn't work for me or if it's maybe just next level genius <laughs> that I haven't realized just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I keep my praises. I would definitely recommend it if you are looking for a good sitcom or if you are a fan or i guess if you cross-section of both if you are a fan of say by the bell it's definitely worth your time i think to watch this series well maybe i'll check it out thanks but yeah that was probably the last thing i wanted to mention is there anything else you guys wanted to mention i don't think so we've been through we've gone through a lot of stuff uh anything anything you want to mention to me or um hmm uh no, probably, probably not right now. I mean, I guess you mentioned Elizabeth Berkley, which made me think, isn't she, didn't she do Showgirls? Yeah, she yeah. was the she was the actress in Showgirls. I was, I was re-watching uh, uh, some Verhoeven movies lately, so I guess maybe mm. I'll have to put that, on, put, that, put that on the list. I did Robocop, Total Recall, you know, but none, none of these are new, so. Yeah, no, nothing else new, really. Verhoeven rules, man. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> uh, really excellent. I think I have to see Showgirls and that might be it for things I haven't seen of his. I think Showgirls is probably his least well-received movie. Uh, but Verhoeven <laughs> well, makes there's some good stuff. Hollow Man. <laughs> Hollow Man? Yeah. Dude, Hollow I Man. love Hollow Man. <laughs> Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers is great. Yeah, I always wrote Robocop is totally calls. A lot of banners there. Basic Instinct. If that's... It for this episode. I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can uh, find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you? Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd. And how, what about you, Derek? You can find me at the wrong day, Dave spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for Instagram and Twitter. If you liked this podcast, though, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to many, many more people. If you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting uh, listener mail, and sometimes we read your letters out to us on the air. So feel free to shoot us a line. With that, that will conclude this week's episode. And next week, we will be talking about Christopher Nolan's Tenet. We'll see you guys next week for that, then. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) All right, see you guys.